0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Ship It and Sip It. I hope you had a fantastic Friday and a wonderful week. I'm here this week with Helen Sishkevich. She is a designer at Parallact. And this week is awesome because she has started together with the Venture Studio team on the first sprint of the year for the two ideas, two teams, two startups in the making they're exploring the problem and they're finding out whether these solutions fit and whether there's a market for them. So can you tell me a little bit about the process since you're part of it? Okay. Um, what's sort of the, the rough idea for that you're working on and what's the team look like? Mm-hmm
1: uh well we're working right now on our app which will be concentrated on uh, music people who are into it who love doing this and yeah their free time or even as a professional and that will be the app that will connect well basically as we are thinking about right now it can change in the end but uh now it is music app for musicians to connect them with their fans that's how their fans can give them any like donation or support in some forms that's how yeah it will be like a community of musicians and uh, their fans Uh, right now i participate as a like team member who uh, does some marketing research who analyzes competitors uh, analyzes their features and uh, points out interesting things to discuss and in the end of our all work, that will be like about two weeks or more. Of course, I will be participating as a designer and I will make a landing page for uh, the whole app. And we'll be testing how our idea performs. Uh, is it okay, is it not okay? And then analyze how um, is it suitable for us to uh, make this app or not.
0: Super, and this is sort of an evolution of the product lab that happened last year. We did a couple sprints there. Uh, but this is a way for people inside of Parallect to submit an idea and see if it really has legs, which I think is really fun for our team. It gives us, as a whole company, it gives us an opportunity to sort of foster intrapreneurs, mm-hmm. um, give people the chance to have a taste of being a founder, being on a very early stage team without taking the risk of, of leaving the, the warm company that we are and striking off on their own. And just briefly, the second startup, the second idea that's in the Venture Studio right now is...
1: About connecting friends from yes. uh, different parts of the world.
0: Yes. It's basically like a travel sync
1: platform. I really like uh, the idea. Actually, I haven't dived deeper okay. into the idea, but from like the top view, it looks like this. It looks like, uh, I don't know, a social network or a Tinder or something for friends that uh, that you are separated with.
0: Hmm, I was thinking it was more of like, a planning platform. Like I've got a friend in Kyiv and another friend coming from America and we all want to meet somewhere in Europe. How can we get there at the same time, stay at the same place and do it kind of as cheaply as possible? Maybe, we will look. We'll see, (laughs) we'll see see what happens. Uh, Keep a lookout, we'll launch the websites uh, either at the end of this week, early next week. Uh, So keep an eye out for those. I look forward to helping write on them and look forward to working with you in terms of the design and the content design. Great. All right. In other news, we are continuing to collaborate with DIP, our partners in all things Web3 and the creator economy. Uh, There's a a lot of news on this front. A lot of things are in the works. Uh, If you check out Eager's latest video on our YouTube channel, you can hear some of them. They want to put blockchain... No, they want to put dachas on the blockchain. They want to do a lot of other cool things. And there's also another accelerator coming together with DIP. And the final piece of news, we have a new blog post about a student who became a teacher at Startup Summer, Agatha Rudko. That is live at uh, blog.parallax.com, so go check it out. There's a cool video and a lot of interesting things about her story. So, that's the news. Let's get on to uh, what you've been up to lately, which is very cool. Uh, The first thing I want to ask you about is the design project that you did for a design course. Um, You posted it on Behance, Mm -hmm. it's very beautiful, you're working with new tools, and you were inspired by uh, Dali, right? Yeah. For that. So, we'll put a link to it so everybody can check it out. Uh, What what was the course about, and what did you learn there?
1: Uh, The main course uh, was uh, created by an art director of a Russian art studio named... uh, Um, Pinkman uh, and the reason why I participated in this course is the skills uh, and expertise of uh, this art director Misha Rozov. Because he has a great experience, great way of becoming designer from just a freelancer, then being a designer in a studio and then setting up his own studio. And he knows really a lot of information, uh, he, know, he has a great expertise and I've seen a lot of works of uh, his students on Behance. And when I was scrolling the big hands, I just fell in love with each of it, and I was impressed how it is possible to uh, to do this during just one ho- one month and a half. Mm. And it was uh, super not understandable for me because the works was uh, really uh, done on the such a great level, and uh, I've seen the works that people started with when they just. You know what were designers before and what they've done after this course and I wanted also to uh, do such a thing. Right. That's why um, the main idea for me was to create works uh, that I will be proud of in the end, in the end of this course. Uh, so the main um, program that we were working with was Cinema 4D It is main program for working with 3d objects in design sphere for making uh, also videos uh, in animations Uh, for me that was a program that was super difficult to understand because you're opening an interface And you are just looking at every button, We look at every like tiny text and do not understand where to click. So, yeah, uh, I've learned this program, I've learned also uh, the technique of working with um, references and how to look at them. Because there is, you know, maybe such a phrase that everything that could be created is already created and we were learning how to get over this and how to look on what is created from a different angle Mm -hmm. and i super liked it and the the works which i uh, created uh, i'm really proud of i've reached my goal and i was super satisfied with the result
0: super and you talked about taking references so who, is, who were some of your inspirations for the course and what do you love about their work and maybe I guess if people go and look at what you've made, uh, how will they see um, their, their influence on what you've created?
1: Mm-hmm. You mean the Salvador Dali? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this was uh, a task when we needed to create a 3D poster and we were willing to choose any person for this who inspires us a lot in, in a different way. It can be your child dream, it can be some a realistic person who inspires you somehow. And I've chosen uh, Salvador Dali as he has uh, a great uh, skills are great, impression, great imagination for me as I was uh, um, a student in the university I visited his uh, art, art exhibition in Minsk and I was impressed with um, how how detailed he um, made his uh, artworks because he put so much sense behind uh, each of his characters like elephants or uh, clocks, or something, and you understand that, for example, you know, there is like uh, sticks uh, in, uh, no, sticks, sorry, sticks, sticks, Uh, sticks in his uh, drawings and pictures, and for example, this stick uh, shows support, that's why for me it was uh, interesting to know that each of his details uh, has so much sense, that's why I've chosen him for uh, being my uh, let's say, a uh, um, person who i inspired with for this poster.
0: Great. And in terms of what you learned there, you talked about uh, learning to use Cinema 4D, mm-hmm. um, becoming more adept at that. Uh, is that something that you would like to use going forward with your design in Parallax and with our marketing team?
1: Uh, I've already discussed it with my head, and uh, she said, yeah, this is great. We will think about how we can implement it in our work. But basically, we have a different style in our brand, and that's why it's kind of uh, difficult to implement it, like, like, yeah, today we are going to use only 3D objects. Yeah. No, of course, it's difficult. And I will, uh, for example, use it very, um, in a little uh, volumes, in a little things, maybe like making some um, newsletter and I will create some particular image for this and I will create, for example, a cement post just once and I will see how it goes, is it suitable, is it okay, or if it's not, and with geometry it looks yeah. not really good
0: yeah well i think if i remember correctly in our older blog posts sergey was using a lot of 3d imagery Mm -hmm. first so maybe you could bring that back a little bit maybe maybe (laughs) all right keep an eye on that we might see some some more 3d come back in to our design and i guess now would be a good time to say that um, we are on the search for another designer to join helen on our uh, marketing design team Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that position, Um, what type of designer we're looking for, and why uh, we're the best marketing team to be a designer on?
1: Amazing. Um, What we're looking for? We're looking for some uh, person who is not only professional in like design from a technique side. It should be a person who understands how design works that design is not only a picture it is what stands behind it and what sense you put in this for example if you're using uh bright colors it is for this target audience and if you're losing like black colors or blue colors it is for a more conservative audience that's why hard skills uh, soft skills some uh, basic understanding like of the psychology as i said would be great, and one when why we are cool guys uh, because we have amazing team. When you can practice um, a lot of your inner skills, you can implement any idea you want in your life. You can say about this idea, and this idea would be supported. And also, as a designer, I can say that. Uh, for me, it is super cool to be in, a both, uh, in, in two uh, teams uh, at the same time because I'm a part of a marketing team and as well as I'm part of the design team where we have our inner workshops, where we have inner our presentation, we are also going to visit design conference this year, we are planning to win an award, that's why we have uh, great plans for this year and I'm super excited to implement them as well as the marketing team, uh, this year, yeah, it's cool. You can implement your ideas and can, um, I don't know, just enrich your skills in any way. Everyone is open and willing to help you and to chat with you.
0: Right, yeah, and the one thing that I I would only add, I guess, is you can implement your idea. you can bring ideas to the table and together as a team we could implement them in a way that you'd never thought of before. Yeah. So it, it can come out as a, a landing page or a infographic or, a or video. Or even
1: real app or website. Video,
0: anything, yeah. So we've got a, a multifaceted approach to idea delivery, and it's very fun. All right, advertisement's over. Go <laughs> check out join.paralect.com and apply for the open designer position there if you are interested in joining us and joining Helen on our team. Now, I wanna sort of circle back to um, what you're you're working on with the Venture Studio because you're going to eventually build a landing page for this idea if it's validated that that there's a market for it and there's demand for it. So you're gonna probably use Tilda in this case, or Webflow?
1: Yeah, uh, we're planning to use Tilda.
0: Okay, and you helped me to write a great blog post a while ago, a couple weeks ago, about Tilda versus Webflow versus another no-code solution with SuperSo and Notion, specifically for building landing pages for marketing websites for new startups. So can you fill us in a little bit on um, sort of Your approach to Tilda or Webflow, or is there anything else in that uh, that that you didn't put into the article? Why do you love working with them?
1: Uh, As I basically said, it has like each of these uh, platforms has each has their minuses and their pluses. Let's say like this. For example, uh, in Webflow, you can implement more um, uh, unique. I would say uh, animations or some blocks or something, in Tilda you basically can do this. They have like a number of um, templates that you can use and that's it. If you want something extraordinary, you need to code as well as in Tilda. That's why um, these platforms in general are um, framed with what they have. If you want more, you need to code. That's why it is super connected.
0: And just for someone who is a designer, maybe, and they've never dabbled in no code website building, um, what tips would you give them to get started? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, first of all, uh, I've learned Tilda and Webflow just by YouTube. This is why you don't need any like courses and pay like tons of money for for nothing. You just need to open your website, you watch videos, and give yourself some time to learn the stuff and uh, also practice, practice a lot because the real uh, job is not what you look, uh, what you're watching in the video. Because video shows uh, some tips of how to do this, and in real walk you can. Um bump into something uh, that, that is not showed in the video, you need to Google it, you need to watch it again. That's why it's a good idea to make some tips and notes uh, and you won't be uh, losing lots of time watching video again and again. That's why, yeah, YouTube, uh, tips and practice and it'll be a perfect combination.
0: Right on, yes, definitely dive into that if you want to learn. As as far as I know, um, Webflow, on their own, Webflow University, Mm -hmm. they're very comprehensive resources.
1: As well as still that they have their own, uh, as I remember, YouTube channel or something. They have super easily explained videos of how to do this, how to do that, as, as well as Webflow. But Webflow has their... Uh, university on their website, that's mm. why I, I like, for example, if comparing Tilda and Webflow, I like Webflow in this case more, because it's super structured, it has like basic level, animation level, or I don't know, CMS level or something, and you can learn it uh, one by one, and it um, puts in your mind more um, accurate, accurate, I would say, than in Tilda, because in Tilda you just need to Google like this, 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 this.
0: Right, right. <laughs> All right. And since we're on the topic of websites and design, I wanted to ask you, you've joined us uh, last summer, right? Yeah. So you, you joined us after Parallect had been sort of been an established brand for over 10 years with its own look, its own design assets, its own sort of brand visual uh, appeal. Um, what did you think of the brand from a visual, visual perspective when you joined the company and how have you sort of worked together with the other designers to evolve the Parallect brand, mm-hmm. keep it fresh and keep it interesting? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, as a designer, I love, uh, from my eyes perspective, I love beauty. Mm-hmm and when I was applying for uh, the vacancy, uh, the first thing I've uh, seen is uh, the web page of uh, vacancy of marketing designer, and I like it really. It was great from my design perspective. That's why I I pointed like, hmm, uh, they gave you time to make a web page look nice. That's why, hmm, I think should about this company. Uh, And when I started working with parallel design in general, I got the guidelines and Mm -hmm. I've seen what is already done uh, in the website. And I have um, uh, kind of confused because in guidelines, uh, all looks so old-fashioned. All looks so unfresh. And what I see in the website looks completely different. And what they have in common is only colors and typography. That's why I understood that using guidelines to form an SMM in general it would be a wrong decision. And I uh, decided to orient on our website and how it looks right right now. Uh, I've chosen the geometrical and general uh, style and that we are using like, um, uh, prop- like people, like draw- drawed, outlined, that we are using some geometrical shapes made, in, made out of something and i thought it would be nice to use it and also i wanted to give some space so it won't be too messy uh, and that's it i've decided to use geometry bright colors and i think that uh, i did a great job and our smm page our instagram looks nice for example for me and i also get uh, nice feedback from the other people that yeah it looks nicer than it was uh, before you that's why i'm happy
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, if you want to see uh, what she's talking about directly, check out our Instagram, scroll through, you can see the progress that that our brand has has made over time when it comes to design. And it's lovely. Yes, thank you. Um, I'd like to ask next about some tips you might have for founders who don't have such an established brand. A lot of times we work with founders and, and their startups don't even have a website yet, mm-hmm. uh, just like you guys are doing in the startup, in the venture studio. So w- what are some of the things that you want to focus on first in order to get um, a good, uh, uniform, interesting design? How do you discover what a brand should look like from mm-hmm. nothing?
1: Uh, first of all, you need to said who is your target audience and understand that, for example, if your target audience is kids, it would be one voice, one style it will be more uh, color like candy colors style it would be more fun it would be more childish and if you are talking about people who are into business it will be straight it will be uh, like blue or black basically we use these colors it won't be um, with tons of images so illust- or illustration but okay okay in illustration uh, mistaken it can be used yeah. but of, of also you need to understand uh, how it it looks like because um, illustration actually says a uh, very much information because uh, we also we um, see the brand uh, from the design side from how it looks like mm-hmm. so understand the target audience they are like psychology how they're seeing how they um, look at you as a brand and the second uh, tip is not a tip uh, the second I would say a puzzle that should go side by side is the voice, the text, the how the brand talks to you. In which way, in like how he or she, I don't know, yeah. brands is she uh, talks with his audience. I mean, if we are like friendly, feel like bros, it will be like, hey, you man, let's let's make a business. We're super cool guys. No worries, we'll do it for you. And if you are taken, for example, like, um, I don't know, some um, like Google Sheets or something like this. (laughs) I don't know, it's the only thing I remember right now. Uh, Google Google Sheets Sheets. are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, Excel, right, um, if Excel or Google would say like, hey, bro, you'll be like, um, I'm doing large business with tons of money. That's the what? funny thing. We're not bros I mean, yeah. anymore.
0: I mean, Microsoft is such, it seems like such an old stodgy business, but they just bought this gaming company yesterday for Activision, right? For $70 billion. It's crazy. Anyway other news Mm -hmm. uh the one thing i wanted to ask you about that i didn't put on the list and and since we're talking about sort of brand appearance um i've seen this a lot where people take logos specifically brand logos and they compare what they used to be you know in the late 90s early 2000s to what they are now and what seems to have happened is basically all the logos started to look the same and almost everybody just said, screw our logo designer, let's just use Helvetica. Uh, so w- why do you think there's a sort of, this sort of, um, I don't know, it seems like vanilla, like everything yeah. is becoming like, kind of boring.
1: Uh, you know I've read the article concerning this Uh, the interesting thing that was said that's why like why we remember for example McDonald's or why we remember Nike or I don't know um, Johnson's baby or something like this because when this company started uh, time ago there was not so many brands i mean huge brands that will be remembered that would have enough budget for an advertisement that would have enough budget to uh, like show their companies that they're cool by us and etc that's why people uh, do remember these brands really great and uh, as time goes uh, more brands uh, are created and their market is is super full of different types of brands and people started to uh, just, you know, like blind eyes on mm-hmm. everything. And it doesn't matter for you, like would, would it be the flower or would it be a rings uh, or something, if it is not famous brand, you won't even recognize it. So it more, it's more about budget and uh, what uh, how you perform your company, how you show your company. The other thing that I wanted to point is that as time goes by, uh, in the very beginning, the logos were complicated. They were complex, made of like shades, made of characters, made of like, I don't know, calligraphic letters. Colorful, yeah. yeah, yeah. colorful. And uh, now it's trendy to make minimalism style. For example, if you have noticed, as a remember, Baga King changed the logo not so far ago, a year ago. And they had more complex logo and Mm -hmm. they shifted to a more minimalistic look style. And there many brands do this because people, there is too much information, too much visual things that disturb us, these ads that we see constantly on web pages, ads from, uh, I don't know, from billboards, from Metro, and we're seeing, and everybody uh, consists us to pay something, to buy something, that's why it's super uh, difficult to stand out right now.
0: Interesting. All right, let's change topics a little bit from logos and brands to creativity, because as a writer, sometimes you know I look at the blank page that I need to pour some interesting thoughts and ideas and, and things onto, and it's a real struggle for me. It happens to other writers. Does it happen to you as a designer? Do you ever just open a Figma file and think, "I, what do I make?"
1: Uh, for made books like this, of course, I'm. Um, I have such a situation, yeah. and they happen more often even than you can think but in general what helps me the most is to have a break for example to go somewhere outside or just to drink a coffee or what works for me the best to watch um, such a series that is named mm-hmm. uh, on tnt channel uh, and just have a love uh, just somehow to make your mood better uh, And it switches your brain somehow, and you can get down to work with uh, I don't know uh, with more energy, I would say. And the another thing that helps me is that to just to look through. Dribble or big hands or Instagram. I have a couple of uh, profiles that I follow and to find some inf- inspiration from this. You never know where you will find inspiration. It can be just a typography or just can be like like similar, just a button and you will see the color and like, yes, that's it, I need it. And, and everything then goes great.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I've never really considered looking at improvised comedy, but I guess that's um, one of the places where you just have to be creative immediately on stage, it's a very challenging situation. And those but they guys, do this they do in
1: such an easy way and yeah. you can understand how they can, how, how fast they can uh, just think of it, create right. nothing. like create something out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm even afraid to, to, to do a, an episode of Ship It and Sip It Live, <laughs> let alone um, without a script and with ideas that are completely not my own. So hats off to those people that love improvised comedy. Would you ever like to try it someday?
1: Like uh, to improvise? in st- no, no, I think <laughs> I wouldn't uh, create something. <laughs> I would either. just uh, keep silent.
0: All right, we talked a little bit about brands. Um, I just wanted to pick your brain and ask what brands do you think really get design right that can be either digital products or uh, older legacy brands? I guess everybody's a digital brand these days, almost.
1: Mm, nowadays, yeah, I think it's a great point to be a digital brand because you know we can buy everything from just our phone. That's why if you're an old brand that has only online shop outside, you won't be successful.
0: Right, so who gets it right in your opinion and what do you love about uh, them?
1: Number one definitely is Nike. Uh, I mean all the stuff they're doing uh, in United States, uh, most fully, unfortunately not in our country, uh, I mean how they Of course, as I said, how they talk with the audience, what they do, how they perform themselves—they perform as a super modern company who is oriented on uh, uh, younger people, and uh, it works nice. I mean, even the style of their photo that they are making, they are like. Um, uh, how models look like uh, the sides of the model. What I like about Nike the most is they are super brave to do some uh, crazy stuff, and it encourages, of course, these people who follow this brand. Uh, what I've also uh, found out recently in uh, that app uh, is an app is named the Breakfast, uh, mm-hmm. and then I also like this their visual style. This app is oriented on. Uh, meeting with creative people in different uh, parts of the world uh, i mean in, in in particular cities and they have uh, places where people have they can meet, and I love uh, the typography that they chosen, and I like that they chosen the orange as their main uh, brand style, because it shows this creativity. It shows the um, the inner sense of how you understand this brand. If it be black, it would be completely different. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've been following them. I Discovered them a while ago, uh, which. It's a very small brand, um, but I hope to, to um, use the app soon here mm-hmm. in Minsk. And um, what it reminded me of uh, was, it was it has a very, like, New York feel, like New York Times and New Yorker magazine has, has a very similar yeah, visual yeah, yeah. design to that. So maybe they spent some time in New York or they just read, you know, good literary maybe, magazines. Maybe. <laughs> um, all right. Anybody else?
1: Um, I think Airbnb also does great brand brand work because they have um, also like s- thoroughly prepared pictures of each flare and they I know that they have filter uh, for those people who want to. Uh, advertise somehow their flat or room or something. If they have not appropriate pictures They won't allow you to be on such a platform. That's why it's a, a great great feature for me Because uh, it's creates uh, the whole impression of the brand uh, when you look in beautiful picture you um, Constantly associate with the brand it is and also what I like what I like is um, I mean the how clean the interface looks like. Uh, the app on the iPhone, the app uh, in the website, it looks super understandable, super easy and convenient to use. Uh, and of course it has great UX, but it also is a part, in this case it is a part of a brand. That's why great job for BB. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, and it's interesting. They, we were hosts in Airbnb Um, many years ago when we lived in Arizona. And we were one of the only earliest and only hosts in the area that we lived in. Um, But we had a a nice little cabin in the woods. It was quite picturesque. Um, But there weren't a lot of people on Airbnb at the time. This was, you know, 2013, 14. Mm -hmm. Still quite early days for them. So they really engaged with us because they saw that we were booked very often. We were close to the Grand Canyon. So a lot of Europeans came... Uh, because my wife was from Europe, they, they sort of identified with our listing and they, they, they liked having a European uh, to stay with in America because America can be a strange and funny place, <laughs> right? Um, but they reached out to us and they, I, I think they even sent a photographer to our place um, on, on, and paid them a contract photographer to take better pictures for our listing and... We got to um, be involved in an early version of their experiences mm-hmm. um, before that really took off. Um, we were helping to sort of get people to the Grand Canyon, take them on hikes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So they were really engaged with their user community at that point. I think now it's a little bit too big for that. Maybe some super hosts they still um, get involved with a little bit, but.
1: It depends on the person,
0: Yeah, really. Yeah
1: i and i had I didn't have such an experience. We've booked some rooms when we were in Lviv or something uh and our hosts even didn't participate yeah. in, in, anyhow you know like uh, a key is Andrew carpet, and goodbye yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's changed a lot um but their design is still beautiful yeah. Alright, since it is still um, close to the beginning of the year, it's still January, we're still talking about goals and aspirations for this year ahead, um, what are some of yours that, that you'd like to share that can either be you know, related to parallax design or your own design goals? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, You know, as I'm working not only as a graphic designer, I also have an experience in after effects and animations, that's why I understand that uh, I have not such a high skill level in uh, this uh, sphere, that's why I would would choose to uh, level up somehow my animation skills and to know something new in the sphere and to make better information, more smooth, more interesting, and also what I want to uh, learn next year would be of course Cinema 4D, uh, also more, more practice in that year, learning some new tools and features and tiny things in this program because I've learned it only by like 50% and, mm-hmm. on the, during this course. This way,
0: yeah. Awesome, well I look forward to seeing your work and uh, working with you to create more beautiful things For our company, for the people that follow us, for the founders that we work with, and for the whole world, right? Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to hear more about uh, our goals as a team for 2022, we've been releasing short videos uh, from each team within Parallax. And you can catch them on our YouTube channel or our Instagram, wherever you follow us. All right, Helen, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and you do too. Ship it and sip it, everybody.
1: Goodbye. All
0: right, we're back for some bonus content. (laughs) Helen Helen didn't want to let me go without talking a little bit about bad design trends. So what do you got?
1: Uh, I have two things to discuss. The one brand I really hate because when 3D just came to the zen sphere everybody started to uh, do some ordinary stuff and i hate like this plasticine uh, look like hands or um i don't know or shapes or something i don't know it looks for me uh, so silly, so uninteresting, and you see this from er- everywhere, because there are a lot of templates, and everybody... Pla- consul- templates.
0: Plastic? Uh, plasticine. 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 Yeah. Right. You understand you,
1: what we're talking about, yeah? Yeah, yeah,
0: I think so. I have an idea in my mind. Uh, you're gonna have to send, send me a send me a link, and I'll show the people okay, what we're talking okay, about. okay, okay.
1: Like, just because they, it, it is used everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why from design point you just get got tired of it because mm-hmm. you you just see it everywhere as a trend that is uh, going back right now. But the previous year it was in the tops It is as named glass morphism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is when uh, transparent thing uh, has a blurry background and in general it looks nice. But uh, again, just because it was used everywhere you just got tired of it so please do not use it all
0: right you heard it here get rid of your plasticine and (laughs) glassmorphism unless you can do it really well but not too much all right thank you thank you helen have a great weekend everybody Bye bye